books on books on the brain. <laughs> hello, hello, hello. Welcome to Books on the Brain podcast. I am Danielle. I'm Deirdre. And I'm Carly. And we and I- are... S- <laughs> <laughs> we are so excited! You have got a little sneak peek. We are so excited to introduce our guest for the episode, Jason. Hello. I I didn't. I was not sure if I was um, if I was supposed to talk or not. So now I know. I'm so sorry. <laughs> thank you for having me. That's okay. Oh, thank you for being here. The joys oh, of recording so... a podcast over the internet. <laughs> yeah. Big mood. Uh, we are so excited for today. We've got some fun things planned and uh, some really great conversation things that we want to chat about. But how is, how's everybody's day going? How is everybody doing? <laughs> I know. It's funny because we recorded a podcast yesterday for the week before this podcast is coming out. So um, we're still in the same uh, mindset of where I personally was yesterday. Um, currently it is the first week of 2021 this episode is coming out much later in the month so hopefully the world is not on fire uh at the time you're listening to this uh but it's been a very interesting day uh I've been listening to an audiobook basically non-stop to just get my brain to not be in a constant uh state of frustration and I'm very excited to have this recording session to just get me off of my phone and the doom scrolling I've been doing. <laughs> big, big mood, big mood. I have been also doom scrolling. Um, last night was just not a good night, like mentally. Mm-hmm. Um, just, I, I don't think I fell asleep till 4am. Just a lot on my mind. Um, but today is a new day. Um, I had a good morning, cuddled with my dog trying to get the good vibes in here so um yeah we're doing better i think that's great i mean i last night was really tough and you know i do i decided to do a live stream on um on tiktok last night to do a live reading and the idea was if my phone is busy recording me live streaming i can't possibly continue to look at the news because my phone will be being utilized um, and that was a really great choice. By the time I got off of that, I was like, that felt like therapy. I feel so much better. Yeah. Especially cause, very zen. Especially because your live was you reading a book, too. It wasn't just people yeah. constantly asking you questions. I'm sure that helped, Exactly. Too. It was like, very, like, tactile. It was very, like, I'm doing something that has no digital anything in front of me. I'm just, like, living in Middle Earth for a little while. And that was exactly what I needed. <laughs> yes. Yeah. That's what we yeah. all need sometimes, just to live in Middle Earth for a little bit. Honestly, mm-hmm. yeah. Take me to Hobbiton, please. <laughs> <laughs> oh, goodness. So goodness. I think it would be good if we got Jason to just introduce himself a little bit. Um, I'm sure most of our listeners know who you are, but just in case there are a couple that haven't quite found the easy cat side of the internet which feels very vast um tell us a little bit about yourself um wow the easy cat side of the internet um so (laughs) hi my name is jason um a lot of people know me as easy cat that is my handle on pretty much everything um i do uh tiktok mostly on the book talk side obviously um bookstagram booktube 
Um, it kind of a little bit of everywhere. Um, I live in Orlando, Florida. I don't enjoy long walks on the beach because they're very far away. Um, <laughs> and I don't want to drive to them. And uh, I've been doing book talk, which is really what started this journey for me since March-ish. Um, you know, kind of when a lot of us started because of, you know, having nothing better to do um, than to film ourselves reading books. And um, the story sort of goes that, so I work for a skincare company and um, my boss, you know, at the time of the pandemic was like, you know, she was like, let's shake this up. Like, you know, I know you like scrolling through TikTok. Why don't you make some skincare videos on TikTok? Um, and I'd kind of been doing that on Instagram too. And um, I was like, sure, I can do that. So I made like two or three and nobody watched them. And, you know, like the early days of TikTok <laughs> when you first start and like one person watches your video. Um, and then I decided to start making some videos about books, which was like my passion. And then people watched them. And I was like, oh, I think I'm going to talk about books instead of skincare because <laughs> people actually <laughs> want to hear me talk about that. Um, and here we are today. And I've met all of you wonderful, lovely people through all of that. So it was very much worth it. I feel like a lot of us kind of had a weird trajectory to get to book talk. <laughs> like I had a different account completely. Had a video of my little sister and her husband go like viral on it. So I got a bunch of followers, but then like no engagement after they were like more of those two. I'm like, well, I'm not either of those people. So you're not going to get that. Uh, and then... I saw Kate's books video one day and I was like, well, people will talk about books on the internet and then kind of transition to books too. It's wild. Cause this people on the internet talking about books did not exist when I was growing up. Like we all just congregated at midnight premieres of book to movie adaptations. Like that's where yeah. we all met or like midnight yeah. release of books. <laughs> like that's where we Twilight. congregated literally. <laughs> That's where we existed. So this is like a cool new thing for me, at least. Yeah. And I don't know about Danielle and Carly, but Jason, you were one of the first book talk accounts that I found. I think it was Kate yeah. and then you. Um, mm-hmm. And I was automatically like, oh, my God, he's amazing. <laughs> like, I was Aww. just so yeah. instantly yeah. like in love with your videos. And you, I, I know I'm speaking for very much of your or a large portion of your audience you have brought so much light and positivity to my life literally every day since may which is probably Aww. when i found you um and i just genuinely look forward to your videos every day i get really mad when my following page doesn't show me your videos and i'm like i haven't seen jason's videos in a couple days and i like go to your page yes. and i'm missing like 12 <laughs> videos <laughs> i'm like oh no i'm like spam liking his account but I need, I need my like little bit of sunshine today. Um, and I just, I really, I'm just going to fangirl for a second. I just love your account so much. I love, oh, I love you. that you love penguins because um... I love penguins. <laughs> and your book reviews are so insightful. They're like genuinely mm-hmm. just really great. And you put out just the funniest videos. I like, I'm like crying laughing every single day. Oh, well, I, wow. Um, okay, wow. I really appreciate all of that. That was a lot. Um, uh, well, thank you so much. I mean, um, you know, I've, I've talked about this a little bit in some of my um, content because every once in a while I get a little real. But I think for me, um, you know, when I, especially when I started TikTok, I was just in like not a great place. There was a lot going on in my personal life that was, and I mean, obviously, and then all the pandemic stuff on top of all that. 
Um, so for me, it was like talking for book about books and, and kind of this escapism was very therapeutic for me. Like it was a, a way for me to be really just excited about something on days where there might not have been anything else to be excited about. I was at least excited to get up and make videos about books and like talk to other book nerds. And that was, you know, I've, I've said this before, but on some of my videos, but like for a while, that was literally my reason to get out of bed was like, well, today, uh, you know, I think about the day and I'd be like, oh my gosh, I have so much. Today is going to be horrible. There's so many uncertainties. There's so many things. Oh, but I do really want to make this idea for a TikTok that I had at 1 a.m. last night that I, that I then like texted to myself. So I guess I'll get out of bed and do that. And it was like kind of the thing that would like propel me forward. Um, I don't know. I just, I, I've really come to genuinely enjoy making people laugh. And I've really come to enjoy um, coming up with, ridiculous ideas that are I try to be wholesome most of the time <laughs> but every once in a while it skirts the line <laughs> a little bit um you know I just think if you I, I also you know I have so many people who reach out to me and say oh my gosh you got me back into reading or you're the reason I started reading again or I stopped reading and you got me excited about reading again and and to me that's just so exciting like I love that people watch me mm -hmm. run around in a in a blanket onesie screaming about books and think yeah I want to start reading again like that's great I mean it, if it took me five minutes of my day to convince you that you should get back into reading then that was five minutes well spent so it I, just thank you that's that really means a lot thank you uh, truly <laughs> yeah um I was living in New York with my best friend when the COVID hit um and so I had to come home and it was probably the darkest time of my life just because mm -hmm. I had finally like uh, left home and I was with my best friend and I was living my best life in New York City um, and I had come home and I hated I hated the world um, but I found book talk and I did find your videos and you were what got me back into reading I had stopped reading for about four years and uh, it got me back into reading so thank you so much for that. Mm -hmm. oh my god I'm gonna have to you guys said I could mute myself if I cough I'm gonna mute myself so I can cry <laughs> <laughs> okay guys, so this is the perfect time don't, to don't transition to our game. We have a we made a little game yeah. to kind of like get to know us and just get the conversation going. Um it's like a would you rather bookish edition. So we can kind of just rapid fire, round robin it. Yes, and I have to plug the website oh, too. Because we didn't actually come up with the questions. Please. Okay, before we get started, I need to shout out Hidden in the Stacks dot com. We did peruse their website and we did take our <laughs> the questions from hiddenandthestacks.com. So thank you to the folks over there for making some great Would You Rather questions. Uh, it is called their Ultimate Bookish Challenge. If you want to find it for yourself, we will also link it in the show notes. Okay, here's the first question. You guys ready? Would you rather read a book where the page was missing... Or a book where the author doesn't know the difference between there, there, or there. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, I would say probably missing a page. I've read many a children's writing, so there, there, and there. I can muddle my way through it. <laughs> yeah. I'd say missing a page is probably harder for me. Yeah. I would agree with that. I, w I, 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 need, to, I need to have all the content. I can, I can filter through the there's. <laughs> I don't know. I'm a pretty big grammar nerd. I feel like I could fill in the blanks <laughs> if a page was missing. It would really start. If I was reading like an 800 page book, which I do far too often, and I had to read the wrong mm -hmm. bears, I'd lose it. <laughs> what if the page was like the climax of the book? I'd figure it out though, because they'd be talking about it after. Hmm. 
you know? <laughs> I, I think I would miss the page as well. I, I would rather read a book with a missing page. I mean, I speed read, so I probably miss that right. page anyway. I probably would. I wouldn't even exactly. realize it was gone. They'd probably be doing the same thing on the next page, and I'd be like, "Oh, I, I guess we just jumped from soup to whatever, you know." Uh, and it's fine. Question two: <laughs> Would you rather read only one book a year and remember everything, or a hundred books and remember nothing? So, read a hundred books, remember nothing is me. You can't ask me the plot of any books I've read in the past year. I could not give you a single character name. I could not. So I would pick a hundred books, remember nothing. I say the same because same it you would be hard pressed I mean I did a review of the Starless Sea eight months after I had read it and I literally had to goodreads the plot <laughs> because I couldn't remember the main plot line of the book <laughs> it had been so long and I'd read so many books in between so yeah I'd just do the same thing I think I would read I would do the other one read one <gasps> book a year and remember dun 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 yeah I would read a hundred because I'm kind of the same way. I forget about 95% of what I read. Um, and I've recently gotten really into the Stormlight Archives by Brandon Sanderson, which are like 1300 page books. But every time I start one, and sometimes in the middle of them, I have to look up the plot of the previous one or even the previous chapter because I <laughs> cannot remember what happened. I always make the joke that like, if I can remember all the names of the characters, then that book was really special. That's why Addie LaRue is so good. I even remember the name of the cat. That's how special that book was. We love that. That's I am currently struggling through The Way of Kings, so that brings me peace of mind. They're really good, but they're yeah. long and a lot happens, and I only remember about, I only remember, ironically, about one page of every single one of those books. So. That's funny. Okay, question three. Would you rather have someone ruin the ending of a book for you or never finish a book you were reading. I would probably say I'd rather someone ruin the ending for me. Um, because at least I know the end. Yeah, I think I would be the same. I, I just had a book spoiled right before we started recording. So, yeah. I, I feel like I should say I would rather have someone ruin the ending because I just said in like three of our past episodes <laughs> that I don't care about spoilers <laughs> but when it's a book that I'm actively reading I don't like it being spoiled and I feel like I've DNF'd enough books in my lifetime that I wouldn't mind that's fair but if it was a book I was really enjoying yeah I would want to know the end so I guess I wouldn't mind if it was spoiled that's not a real answer but your <laughs> <laughs> answer is both answers <laughs> yeah <laughs> So you cut out like at the first part. So what is the first option? I missed the I missed the first. Would you rather have someone ruin an ending a book, ruin the ending of a book for you, or never finish a book you were reading? Oh, I'd I'd rather let someone ruin the ending. I feel like I'm kind of the same. I don't really mind spoilers too much because, again, by the time I get to it, I'll probably have forgotten it and I'll still be surprised. <laughs> Yeah, I it's people have spoiled Throne of Glass a million times for me and I haven't finished it yet, but I promise you by the time I get to book six or seven, I'm not gonna remember any of that nonsense and it'll be fine. Yes, exactly. Nope. Uh okay, question four. Would you rather have dinner with your favorite author or with your favorite character? And I'll add a caveat to that. Who would it be? Um, I would say dinner with my favorite author. And it would probably be at this very moment, Lee Bardugo. I would love to 
pick her brain about all of her be... amazing <gasps> Sorry, Sorry it's going to be my answer. <laughs> we can have a joint dinner. Yes. Can, mm, exactly. It'd be so fancy. I, okay. I just wanted to talk to that woman, ask her so many questions. Yeah. I need. I have questions that need answers. I would also say author because I need to sit down and have a conversation with P.E. Schwab. Like, I just, I love that woman so much. I just want to talk to her. <laughs> I just want to, I don't even need to talk to her about her books. I just want to talk to her to talk to her, you know? I feel like, I always say my favorite author is Brandon Sanderson. I would love to sit down and talk with V.E. Schwab about, but I would like to talk to her just about life. I would just like to have like a conversation with her. But Brandon Sanderson, I would like to sit down and take notes and <laughs> yes. like, please explain to me how you do everything in yes. graphic detail. I want to know how you make everything happen in the way it's supposed to happen. So Truly, that was going to be my other answer is Brandy Sandy. Yeah, I yeah for sure. I hate when you call him that. <laughs> <laughs> I know, that's why I do it. <laughs> I love it. I he like loves that so nickname. Funny. He loves good old Brandy Sandy. That's how he introduces oh. himself on his podcast. He's like, hey, it's Brandy Sandy here to talk yeah. about Way of Kings. Yes. <laughs> oh, Lord. Yeah. Would you rather lose the ability to read any new books or the ability to reread books you've already read? This one might be the hardest question of all. Um, I would probably say I would rather lose the ability to read new books. I'm like a very sentimental person, so I'm like a comfort rereader. So if I never got to reread my favorite books again, I'd be very, very sad. I also, like, suck at finishing books. So, like, I get, like, thir three quarters of the way through and stop. So, like, at least I if I'm rereading a book, I'll finish it. So, I don't know. I'd probably say that. Same. I'm such a serial rereader. I love, love rereading books almost to a fault. Uh, I've reread mm -hmm. The Night Circus so many times. For the last six years, it was, like, the only book I was reading. Uh, so, um, yeah, I would say that. I think I would do the other one only because I don't really reread. Um, I'm very big on highlighting and annotating and then I go back and like read those kinds of things. So like, I don't know if that comes into play with it, but, um, I'd be okay not rereading books. Yeah. yeah, I am the same as Carly. I don't ever really reread. And my TBR and the amount of books I have in my home I haven't read yet is so big that when I think about rereading, I literally think in my head, like, you don't have time for that. Rereading? <laughs> you don't have time truly, for that. Truly. Um, and I'm very much a new book person. Like, I get excited about Tuesday new releases the way that people mm -hmm. get excited about, like, movies or video games coming out. Like, I'm like... Can I get it same day delivered? Does my Barnes and Noble have it? Can I go pick it up? Why isn't there a hold option? Can I pre-order it? Like, I am obsessed to obsessed to a fault with like newness and new books mm -hmm. to a point where like every week I get so many more books. Which again is like if I were to reread, it's like Jason, you just bought fifteen more books. Like you cannot possibly think about rereading a book right now. Um, so I would be fine not never reading because I think in my whole life I've mainly maybe only ever reread like two or three books. Same. So, Same. yeah, I just like never reread. I, I always want something new. It's mm -hmm. like, ah, I've been on that journey. I want I want a new adventure. See, I'm like a habitual, like two times a year, I'm cracking out the host to reread. Like, <laughs> yeah, I'm like at good. least once a year, I pull out the Night Circus. But it's not always that I reread the whole book. Sometimes I just need like no, a handful of chapters or um, mm. like a specific passage. I'm like really craving that comfort. Yeah. 
I agree. Okay, last question. This was a request from oh, yes. Deirdre. This is not a would you rather. This is just a fun question. <laughs> uh, what TikTok sound is stuck in your head currently? Uh, mine would be, it's the TikTok sound where it's like, I'm a girl who's got very specific taste. You're just my type. I like that sound a lot. I sing it to my cats a lot. They love it. They love it. Mine is the new one that just came out. Not just came out, but it became very popular this week. And it's, um, it's like, can I have this? Sure. Stop talking to me. Don't contact me anymore. Like you contacted me. I know. I know. The good evening. Is this available? Yes, Yes, it is. Please stop contacting me. It's a horrible, horrible rendition of it. It's, it's really It's constantly funny. in my head. Constantly. Um, mine would be the same one that has been stuck in my head for the last, I don't even know, three weeks. Um, <laughs> the Timothy Chalamet and Pete Davidson SNL rap. You never love me, Mom. Oh. It, yeah. it is truly applicable in so many scenarios to play that sound. It is <laughs> shocking. Shocking. Um, I feel like my current one that's like stuck in my head is either the Remy, the Ratatouille musical song <laughs> or the oh no, oh no, oh no, 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 oh no, no. Mm-hmm. Because that is that just perfectly sums up everything that's happening right now. Um, but I also, mm-hmm. it, it, nobody uses it anymore, but you know that sound where they're like, one of you will betray me tonight? I think about those videos all the time. It's probably my favorite sound that's ever existed on TikTok. So many good ones. I, I just, I want it to make a comeback. I, I have some ideas. I just, I love it so much. It's so funny to me. All right. Well, that's our little game. little get to know you game. Um, and now we just want, we're just going to talk a little bit about just book talk and because we're all book talk creators that's kind of where we started our journeys on the internet was on book talk I suppose um I feel like we have a it's we've got like unique perspectives coming from it we all are coming at it from different kind of angles so I feel like there's a lot to unpack with tiktok and book talk specifically um I guess like what we can maybe like start with is like how do we decide what kind of videos we want to make i know like there's so there's so much to talk about with books and there's so much to talk about with things going on within the community i know in the past like couple months there's been a lot of things to talk about so it's an interesting conversation how do you decide to make the videos that you make while still like being funny and still being engaging with your audience but like having a clear message of what you want to convey to people because I think that's the really cool thing about TikTok is you can do both and that feels very special to TikTok specifically. Yeah and I feel like inside of BookTok all four of us create similar content but also different content at the same time so I'm interested to hear mm-hmm. how everybody kind of like comes up with their ideas what's your fallback that you know if you're like oh shoot I don't have anything in my drafts what do I need to, <laughs> to make to post something today uh if anybody just wants to dive in. I mean, like, when I'm making my content, 
I try to do like trends because I, I personally think trends are really fun and funny. Trends are my favorite thing to watch on TikTok. I think like the way people can take a trend and mold it into their specific niche is really, really cool. Especially people on BookTok doing that. I'm like, oh, when you see a good one, you're like, oh my gosh, how did they come up with this? It's so fun. Um, but also like when I don't have an idea, your girl grabs her ukulele. <laughs> She makes a little song, and she does post it up on the TikTok. And those are really fun for me, too. I, like, get the strangest euphoria when I'm scrolling on my For You page and I see someone using my sound, because it doesn't always tag me when people use them. Mm-hmm. So I'll be, like, scrolling, like, in my bed at, like, 6 a.m. and being like, <gasps> and then, like, ah, that's me. That's crazy. Or I have people send this to me, like, is this you? And it's, like, me playing the ukulele really badly. I'm like, no. <laughs> I feel I totally feel that I many pretty early on in my book talk career I made a like more about you song for book talk right and I people still use that sound and it still comes up all the time just like on my for you page and I'm I'm constantly shocked that people are still using it like I see at least one of them a day and I'm always like oh my god people are still using this raggedy sound of me bat poorly singing like that's amazing um but i see them five times a day on my few page literally everyone's coming out video on book talk is like hello i'm here and it's to that sound it's so fun always surprised by i feel like i at some point need to repost it and actually like redo it because all of my like favorite books and my favorites everything in that original video has changed now so i should like i've been meaning to redo it at some point but i'm lazy so i haven't done it yet (laughs) Yeah, I I can't relate on the sound thing because I I wouldn't say that I make memorable sounds. <laughs> um, <laughs> my go-to, I feel like, is book reviews because I just have such a backlog of books that I read before I started doing book talk because I started reading like right before I made my book talk account um, and I just happened to read a lot of books in 2020. So there are a couple that I still haven't made reviews for. So I'm always like, oh, I can make a review for that. Um, or I will try and find like a, put a finger down (laughs) book talk edition. Um, I don't, I know I have like a very specific page. Like I've sort of figured out what my thing is, but everyone, like right now I'm starting to incorporate fashion history stuff. So now I feel like my page is in a weird in between. I'm like, I don't know what I'm doing. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, um, I have not consistently made content for about three months. Um, I would blame that on the job I was just, I just had, I, it was seasonal. Um, I don't work there anymore, unfortunately, but it was at a bookstore and it was great. Um, usually when I make content, I try and think about things about books that no one's talking about, like small little things that no one really, we just kind of brush past it. I'm like, well, what about that thing? Let's, let's discuss it. Um, and so that's usually my go-to for content. Um, and if I don't have any ideas, I usually just don't post, unfortunately. It's tough. <laughs> it's yeah. tough to, to feel like you're coming up with stuff that is feeding your soul because mm-hmm. at the end of the day, that I think that, at least for me, is what matters most is that I'm happy and proud of the things that I'm putting out, even if they don't get a million thousand views. At least if it, one person's happy about it, I'm happy about it. Mm-hmm. But also, like, things that, like, a balance of funny but also, like, meaningful. Like, this is something that I feel like needs to have a little bit more 
yeah. said about yeah. it. You know what I mean? Especially, mm-hmm. like, in the past year, there's a lot of things going on that it feels like there's got to be, like, an activism portion to your content creating at yes. some point. But it's hard to balance. Is right. a balancing act. Because mm-hmm. I feel like every once in a while when I try and put a little bit of um, opinion on things, those aren't always the videos that do well um or the one I had went really badly uh in my comment section and so I get like scared the reason I don't like talking about the video is because I titled it why Sarah J Moss is a problematic author um because and the reason Mm -hmm. I titled it that was because I was responding to a comment on a previous video that used the word problematic with Sarah J Moss um and I have done a lot of thinking over the last couple of months. I don't necessarily like using the word problematic. It has been overused. It's a very oversaturated word. And I think when we talk about Sarah and some of the issues inside of her writing, uh, there are other words that we can use to describe her. Uh, but the comments on that video were so, so crazy. You cannot see them. I muted the comment section. They made me feel so they made me feel like a bad person for wanting diversity, which I was like, I don't understand how this is being turned back on somebody that's asking for diversity. It was so overwhelming. And it's really made me very cautious about what I post because I don't want to feel like that again. It's not that I don't want to voice my opinions. It's that I, I remember feeling so sick that week. I think I was texting Danielle and I was like, I don't know what to do. Like, I don't know what to post because every time I come on this app I'm under attack again and um I thankfully had a lot of people reach out to me sort of 48 hours ish after it had really blown up and people were like I really appreciate what you were saying I appreciate your content blah blah blah. Mm -hmm. uh but I think sometimes it can get a little dicey um when you voice your opinion and people are like "Mm, no you're wrong and you're like well am I I don't know. I was just going to kind of talk about, um, I think out of all of us, I have the smallest platform. Um, I think I'm cusping on 4,000 followers. Um, I'm very excited. Yes. Um, I I haven't consistently made content in about three months because, um, like I said earlier, I I tend to make content um, of, I wouldn't say unpopular opinions, but just opinions that don't really get voiced a lot. And um, when I post those videos, it it, it can get a bit dicey. Um, And I I started to, things I was super passionate about, um, one of them being, we've talked about it before, um, the casting of Nina Zenik um, within the Grisha Grisha trilogy. Um, You know, just talking about like topics like that, People have lots of opinions and they like to dismiss a lot of things um, without thinking about other people, if that makes sense. Um, and it, it just started to get a little bit too much, especially within the state of the world. And um, I didn't have a job. I was like negative in my bank account. I was there was a whole lot of other things going on. And I think a lot of people on Book Talk don't really take into consideration what individual people are going through outside of book talk it's very much so let's jump on this person for this one thing and attack them until there's nothing else we can do um and it it really did drive me away from book talk because 
I didn't want, I didn't need that in my life at the time. Um, and I have had a very hard time trying to get back into making content because I'll post something and the same thing happens. It's, it's like, there's this group of people who come and just kind of ruin it for me. Um, so yeah. Um, I feel like, you know, it's what's, there's a few things at play. I mean, I, have said recently that I feel like being on TikTok this year has put like made me have a little bit more of a spine than I've had before because I'm pretty feel like I'm a pretty like soft hearted person but this year especially some of the videos I posted that people have gone a little crazy over I've gotten a lot better just being like nope block delete block delete yeah. block delete bye like kind of which is a good thing you I mean need it, to do that <laughs> it stinks that that happens but it's it's almost made me like a stronger person because of it and it's made me a little bit more confident in what I do um I think what's challenging is people who don't make content, and even people that do make content, forget that TikTok is a 60-second platform. <laughs> so, you know, I, I talked about this on a live a while back, which is that I will, you know, I make some Sarah J. Mass content. Um, I even make Sarah J. Mass content where I talk about enjoying her books. I also think that I, you know, I also hope that her future work, now that we've had a lot of this conversation, will have more diversity, right? So those two things can exist in the same world. And I think a lot of people have a hard time with that existing in the same world. And things would happen where people would, you know, I, for a while was making these videos and I hope to make them again because they were really fun where I was playing Sarah J. Mass's mother, um, <laughs> reading her books. <laughs> one of my favorite characters I've ever played and one of my favorite performances. Um, and um, people would come in the comment section and be like, but how do you feel about her problematic writing? It's like, this is a joke segment <laughs> about me playing her mother reading spicy scenes, right? Yes. Like, I'm not going to put a disclaimer on every single video that I happen to make about Sarah J. Mass at the beginning, because that's kind of what they want, right? They want you to put a disclaimer that says, by the way, I'm aware that we there's a conversation about Sarah J. Mass. But at the end of the day, Sarah J. Mass has not released a book since we've started having this conversation, right? Yes. Like there, there hasn't been a chance for her to make it right. And I'm going to be honest, I don't think her next book is going to be the one to do it because no. as the way publishing goes, that book has probably been turned in for over a year. Right. Yes. So I think we're probably going to continue to have this conversation because people don't think through all of that. Um, but I don't know. I it's hard too because I think you can get a hundred comments that are like, oh, my God, this really spoke to me. Thank you so much. And it's that one yes. person. Um, you know, it's happened today. I, I made two videos this morning. One was just really like, wow, today is bad. Just just really downtrodden. And then I made another one, which is the one that I posted, which was more of like lighthearted and funny because I decided that was the kind of energy I wanted to put out today. I wanted to, you know, yes, things are bad, but everybody is posting about how bad things are. It's not a secret. It's not that I don't know it's bad. It's that I want to try and give a little, a little smile back. Right. Mm -hmm. And everyone that commented was so lovely. And so thank you for this. I really wanted this energy today, but one person on Instagram commented and was like, well, you sitting back and taking your me time just proves that you're racist. And I was like, <gasps> like I clutched my pearls. And, and it was that one comment that I was just like, oh my God, does it? Does that, is that what that means? Is that what this means? Is that, and, and no. finally I just was like, no, delete and block. You gotta not, you cannot give into this. Like, um, I'm writing that down. I'm, I'm but, using that from now on. <laughs> what delete and block yeah it's my go-to stop but being so nice I mean, that you have because it's your content you're allowed to like and some people get mad yeah. at some because there are creators out there that are putting out not good content like it's content that is harmful and blah 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 mm -hmm. and so when they turn their stuff off 
it's a little bit like you're just turning it off because you don't want to see people calling you out. But I feel like when you know that what you're posting is fairly wholesome and is just, it's you and you have someone that is making you feel bad, you are absolutely within your rights to turn that off and not look at it because you are the, what's the word I'm looking for? Um, You're in control of how you want to feel and what the things you consume make you feel, you know? I think if anything, I'm, I'm, I'm surprised. I'm more surprised more often than not that people like the content that I'm putting out and aren't more aggressive some days. Like some days I'll put something out and I'm like, sure. I'm like, oh gosh, this is going to be the one that they're going to lose their minds over. And then it's like, people are like, oh, I love this. I'm like, oh, whew, thank goodness. Like, I feel like that's, that happens a lot too. Or I'm like, just like grateful that I'm like thanking the TikTok gods for not destroying me that day. I mm-hmm. really commend you, Jason, yeah. because you are one of the best book to- book talk specific accounts that is able to take topics that are really hard to talk about like today um i'm specifically remembering back when um stuff with jk rowling was hitting the fan for the like seventh time in 10 years um and you know the the big <laughs> diversity blowout on book talk in august you made some really great content where you're <laughs> really able to marry comedy and seriousness and I watch those videos and I'm like how do you do it because I I'm such a I'm such a Sagittarius in the way that I feel my feelings these are my opinions you need to hear them I get so heated and aggressive and I'm like incapable of putting any sort of humor on it that I just look forward to your videos because like today your your video I was like wow that was exactly, I wish I could have made oh, something like that, you. but I, it's not, it's just not in me. It's like creatively, I can't, there's like a block there and you do a, a really, really great job of bringing a serious topic, but also mm-hmm. making it enjoyable to watch. Well, there are two aspects to that. So one is that I actually do make a lot of just like flat out mean or angry content, <laughs> but I just never post it. So what happens a lot of times is I'll have an idea where I'm just like, I just have to say something about this and I'll make it and I'll watch it back. And in the process of adding subtitles, which is basically like trying to build a space shuttle on TikTok, (laughs) I get to a point where I go, you know what? This does not make my day better. It's not going to make anyone else's day better. I'm just going to post something different. And that is exactly what happened today. So I made a video. I was, it was very like heartfelt, all that stuff. But when I got to the end of it, I was like, this is not what I want to put out right now. I want to, I want to do something. I, I want to start my day fresh. You know, I want to start my day in like a positive mind spa- space. And I want to give that to the people that are watching my videos. And so I made a new video after that, which is what I posted. And the other thing about, especially that diversity talk, right? Like I really, really try, you know, earlier, um, <laughs> you guys were talking about what your fallback is. And my fallback is, is definitely book reviews. And, but part of that is because I truly believe, you know, I love reading diversity and I love reading it in all its forms. And I love finding diverse books that no one's ever heard of or that people aren't talking about. Like that's so special to me. And the best way to get people to read diversity, and I really stand by this, the best way to get someone to read more diverse books is not to yell at them. It's not to demonize them. It's not to tell them a terrible person because they're not doing it. It's not to insult the books that they are enjoying unless they're Midnight Sun. (laughs) And it's (laughs) um, the best way to get people excited about reading is to 
tell them about a book that you read that you absolutely loved. And, mm -hmm. and you know, if you're reading a lot of diverse books, the books that you're going to be telling people that you love are going to be diverse books. You know, people want to get excited about the things you're excited about. And I kind of try to take that mindset into everything that I make that if I'm excited about this, you know, book written by a queer black author, then some, then everyone, then I can get p other people to be excited about it. And that's how you get people to read diversity is not, Hey, you need to read diversity. The books you're reading aren't the right ones. Here's the ones you need to read. I think the way you get people to read diversity is just to be excited about reading the books that you love reading and, and show them to people and say, Hey, I read this really great book. You should check it out. Right. And I think yeah. that's what gets people invested and, and absolutely want and to I've see more of that definitely so. seen people absolutely. come back to a lot of my videos and a lot of the books that I recommend are just happen to be diverse books and they're like oh my gosh thank you so much for recommending this I never would have found this and you happen to recommend it and whenever anybody tells me that they read a book I recommend I'm always like what <laughs> uh, but it, it makes me feel really good right? that I'm able to one give that author the recognition they deserve and get someone to read something that they maybe wouldn't have picked up otherwise. I think that's a really important point is if you are truly coming at the entire talk of diversity with wanting to educate people, that looks very, very different than cancel culture. Mm -hmm. They sometimes can intermingle, but if you're truly, if, you're, if your end goal is you want people to read more diverse books, there's better ways to go about it mm -hmm. that encourage people to continue to read and make them want to continue reading. Because if you don't do that, people put up their defenses and that's when we get these really toxic comment sections where you feel like you can't reach people. And that's also like, I know I've talked a lot about this just in my personal life with people when I try to decode and try to figure out things is like facts versus opinions, like things that are true and like objectively true and then things that are subjectively true things that are just my own opinion about things mm -hmm. and I think sometimes those lines blur where people feel like their opinion is the only one that matters on a topic and it's true some opinions are facts but not all mm -hmm. facts are you know what I mean yeah. I think that it's hard to have really it's hard to have good conversations in 60 seconds mm -hmm. <laughs> and I think Jason you kind of hit the nail on the head it's really really hard to do that so you have to be very specific and clear about things and sometimes it just feels like you're not able to do that or it feels like it just doesn't land the right way and then the mm. toxic comment sections are like, ah, I don't want to do this anymore and then you just you feel like you're in a spiral. But there's also this really great side of book talk of people who are just amazing balls of wonderful sunshine who <laughs> will always be there to support you and lift you up and that has been something that I was not expecting to make so many friends from mm -hmm. a, an app for children. I don't know, <laughs> whatever, whatever TikTok is. Uh, but it's been, that's this like really cool positive side of, of book talk is there's so many people that like, you guys, I literally would have never met you. We all like live across the world from each other. Mm -hmm. And it's so special. It is so special. This is kind of segueing back to what Carly was talking about with about with burnout. Um, and I was talking about how I've been kind of feeling a little bit discouraged with how my videos have been performing slash just feeling life burnout from my first semester of grad school. And I really want to start get back and in, getting back into creating the content that just true. And I don't feel like I haven't been putting out content that 
doesn't make me happy, but I want to put out content that I'm proud of. And there were so many people that came into my comment section and were like, I love your content. I always look forward to your content. And that just made me feel really great. And I, every once in a while, it's always nice to hear that because I feel like I've been creating content consistently-ish since May. Almost every day I've made a TikTok. And I feel like sometimes it's very easy to look at the numbers, look at the negative comments, and just only look at that. But there, there really is this beautiful, positive side of BookTok. I've been very scared of Book Twitter for years. Um, it <laughs> truly terrifies me that when I it. found BookTok and the like circle, because I feel like BookTok has like circles, you know? Uh, that the the circle mm-hmm. of book talk I found myself uh, around was very positive. Um, and people were making po- not only positive comments or content, <laughs> but leaving positive comments on each other's mm-hmm. videos um, and really lifting each other up. And I'm curious, Jason, because I remember over the summer you were kind of like, I'm taking a step back from book talk. Um, if you would talk about that at all and kind of what maybe what led up to that and what brought you back because you really have been creating book talk content consistently with your with your board game content yeah i mean (laughs) i haven't created as much board game content recently just because with the pandemic it's just it it's so hard to be able to play board games at the moment which i'm so i'm hoping in 2021 i can do more of that but a lot of that actually came from what i was talking about earlier which was um about this, especially around the Sarah J. Mass stuff of like everybody, people were really sensitive to it at the time. And anytime I would, you know, I, I love Crescent City. I don't make any, it's not a secret. I love Crescent City and I'd make Crescent City videos and people would get, I'd get a lot of people in my comments that would just demonize the book and demonize Sarah J. Mass. And, um, you know, I, I talk about this so much in my lives now. Um, I'm very, I feel like I'm a lot more open and honest on my live streams now than I ever used to be. Um, and I, talk about the fact that, you know, Sarah J. Mass is not a very diverse author, but I feel like she has become the scapegoat for every single fantasy or sci-fi or whatever author that is not... There's so many out there that are not diverse authors, and yet I feel like she's the one that gets all the... Like, I think so much is targeted at her and J.K. Rowling, right? And J.K. Rowling, I think, obviously much more deservedly so. Um, But so much of that hatred gets... (laughs) funneled into that one person and so it got to a point where I was like listen I am I gotta be honest like you you guys it's great that you watch my videos but you are not paying me to make my content you are not you know in charge of what content I make you you know you are not you're a lot of these people are making comments weren't even making content and it was like if you have something to say then say it create content get your voice heard but mm-hmm. taking me down with you because you're angry is not the way to do it. And so kind of what happened was I just, I, that again, this was kind of pre me figuring out block and delete. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. <laughs> it was back in the day where I didn't, I didn't, I wasn't doing that so much. And I just was like, I can't do this anymore. I can't spend all this time on a video that then people just like lash out. Oh, and the other thing that happened was I made this video that I thought would be really funny where I said my favorite character in, this was kind of the start of it, right? So I said my favorite character in a court of, um, a, a court of whatever. There's a lot of courts. Um, There's too many In Akatar, <laughs> right? Many. A court of Thor- thorns and roses. I said my favorite character was Tamlin. And the whole thing was, my he was my favorite character and I mm-hmm. went on to explain it in a separate TikTok because I thought he was the most complex 
difficult to talk about, interesting characters. So I came at this from the mind of someone who went to school for writing, who does writing from a literary perspective. And people, I forgot that to a lot of people who read these books, these are real people, right? Yeah. And so they, I said, my favorite character is Tamlin, thinking, oh, he's such an interesting written character with so many mm -hmm. facets to discuss. And people came back at me and were like, well, that means that you like uh, female abusers. And I was like, whoa! <gasps> um, a to and Z there was, real fast. <laughs> and there was a lot of that. So that was kind of the start of it, of, of like, oh my gosh, like I can't do this because like that, it, I mean, it exploded. And the thing was like, I made that video, posted it, and then I went to work. So here I am three hours later, go on my break and see this like craziness that has happened because I made what I thought was a joke. Um, and people did not take it that way. And I was like, oh my gosh. If, and so that was kind of the beginning of it. And, and at a certain point I was like, I have to take a break because this is bananagrams that people are going so ballistic over these things that are not even, you know, I'm not even coming on and saying like, Sarah J. Mass is the best author that's ever, like I was making these little jokes about it and people were just not, people were getting very toxic in my comments for a while. This was also around the time of like the Avery's bookshelf thing. So people were very on edge. There was, there's some edginess in the world. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So what happened was I announced I was taking a break. People were lovely. They came into my comments. They were like, take the time you need, but we love your content. And then, and definitely what happened was a week, I, I, I couldn't even go a single day without making a video with books in it because I just love books and making videos about books. And I keep, I would even, I even made a video that was a joke that was like, oh, I'm not, I'm trying not to make book content. So I'm like hiding the new books that I got. <laughs> like, so you can see them. Um, and, you know, a week into it, that was kind of where I was like, you know what, I'm just going to make the content I want and have fun with it and mm -hmm. push through this. And then I discovered delete and block and everything. <laughs> and then bippity boppity boo, here we are. <laughs> yeah. um, but I, I think that was like, because for a lot of us, this coming into this social media world and having this platform is new as of this year. So um, I've talked with, I've also talked with Kate's, Kate from Kate's Books a lot about this, is that there's a lot we have to navigate that there's really no roadmap for, right? Like, I had to get a P.O. box for the first time in my life because people were like, we want to send something to you. And I'm like, I'm not going to give my address to strangers on the internet, right? <laughs> so I had to learn how to get a P.O. box. Like, there's things that I've had to learn to do this year that I never in a million years thought I would have to do. And being able to navigate the world of haters has just happened to be part of that, um, and I think I'm better for it. So while it was not fun to deal with, I think it has only allowed me to grow as a creator and and really realize what I what kind of content I want to make and why I want to make it. So that's a very long-winded answer. Um, I'm so sorry. A lot of people when <laughs> they start because a lot of book talk has a very large followings, which I'm so I don't know why I'm shocked by that, but. Mm -hmm. um, and something I noticed, <laughs> the phrase I have started living by is more followers, more problems. Uh, and I'm not saying it's I'm so not true. thankful for my followers 100%. and my viral video because I, my life has changed because of BookTok. Like, I am so in love with falling back in love with reading and having this platform and finding these people to talk about this with. But it does come with the caveat of, I now have to advocate for myself a lot. There are negative comments on my videos and they happen a lot more because I have more followers. Um, so it's not, it's not always sunshine and rainbows when you have a lot of followers. <laughs> no. And there's like this whole other 
like I've been pretty fortunate like for the most part any of the videos that I post that could potentially be uh, a little hoo-hoo you know hot take uh, <laughs> a little hot take with people uh, i can kind of like i can navigate through the comments just because usually the people who who interact with my videos are on book talk i don't get or at least on the free page like it's not like crazy people coming in being like Whoo. where i do get my crazy people coming in are on my live streams constantly yeah. i am navigating Aww. the wildest people on my live streams and it's like it's like last week a man was like you're my wife and like huh? would not leave and was like we're yes. married like what are you doing and i'm like you promised you weren't going to tell people i did that <laughs> oh my god i'm so sorry i'm so sorry jeez uh, i'm calling you out it's because you haven't got me in my ring yet that's why I'm, I'm trying to win that one. I'm trying to win that <laughs> Tiffany's one for you. Oh my god, the Tiffany's <laughs> necklace. Oh gosh. Oh, that was a necklace. I forgot. That's okay. I appreciate the reference very much. <laughs> <laughs> no one's won it. I want to know. I want the receipts. JLA, who, when are you giving the Tiffany's Where is the Tiffany's from? necklace? Inquiring minds need to know. You don't know about the Tiffany here's, necklace? Here's the thing. I feel oh, like come. I, okay. Here's weird. Let me spin I you a tale. Like Let me because, spin you a tale. So I said in one of our previous episodes, I feel like I was living under a rock from like 2014 to 2018. And in 2020, I really started coming out of that rock. But even though I am very active in book talk and on TikTok, I still feel like I miss so much. <laughs> So um, that's why I don't know what the Tiffany. From what an ash, when did this even come out? I have it literally right here. Yeah, I was just gonna say I can pull mine. So out. essentially, in the cover, in, in the front cover of From Blood and Ash, there is a contest to oh. win a Tiffany's necklace. And Danielle, you said it best. So Danielle did a video where she was talking about, it, or maybe it was on a live stream, and she was like, "This doesn't even seem like a real book to me. Like, why is there a contest in front?" <laughs> And she and I had actually, I think we got the book within kind of a week of each other. Because I remember yeah. I'm my getting on and be like, oh my gosh, I just got it. What is this? And I, it just is so, it doesn't feel like a real book. It's, it's so bizarre. Jason, you are also kind of on author talk. I don't know if you're actually on author talk, but because uh, you have books, you have written books. Yeah, I feel like I'm the worst author on author talk because I never talk about my books ever. Um, but I get, I mean, I follow a lot of authors. Um, mm -hmm. I, yeah, I've written a couple books. Um, I've written five books. I guess that's more than a couple. Oh, and, um, yeah, I don't talk about them a lot on any of my channels. I think I, I think when I think about it, I, and it's, it's, you know, I look at, there are authors who are out there like talking about their books every single day. And part of me is like, wow, that's great for them. And the other part of me is like, oh my gosh, we've heard about your book already. Tell me about something you're reading. Um, and I never want someone to think that about me. Like, oh my God, you're talking about your book again? Oh, snooze, right? Um, I'm, my, I'm my own worst critic. Um, we all are our own worst critic, right? Um, I just have to say, I had in college, I had a professor who, when I would write, because I went to college for film writing and directing. And... I now use that in, because when I finished college, I was like, I definitely don't want to write movies. I definitely don't want to make movies. Like, I went to college for movies, and when I graduated, I was like, well, I know what I don't want to do. Um, <laughs> and so I decided to write books instead. And um, I had a professor who would get your scripts, and I would try to write funny things. Because I try to, like, even in my writing, I try to mix, like, kind of funny and serious. 
and I would write jokes and he would always come back and write just funnier next to it. And Uh, with every joke I would write, like funnier, funnier. So I now do that to myself when I film my TikToks. Like I'll make a joke and I literally have to sit there and analyze it and be like, is that funny enough? Will people get it? Is it funny? Is it funny? Does it work? And I will refilm like the same joke over and over again until I like come up with something like, yeah, okay, that works. That works because I hear his voice. I see the words written on the page and it, it's damaged me. But yeah, so I've written some books. See, I can't even talk about it on here. I get off topic. Um, I have written a few books, uh, mostly in the YA space. Um, I am working on my sixth, uh, which will hopefully be out this year. Um, and it is, it's, it's very fun. It's a lot of work, but it's, it kind of is like a really good outlet for me. I think, I think in the long run, I think it would be really great if I, is if I was doing like part-time author and part-time like content creator, because I've really kind of fallen in love with this content stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, that's kind of like master plan, but it's all in the works right now. So, and Deirdre, I just re- recently read one of my books and I really appreciate all the kind things you said about it. It was so lovely of you. So, yeah. So many, I was reading it on Kindle. So I actually need to go back and find the spots I highlighted because there were a bunch of quotes that I was like, I want to remember this so that I can use this in a conversation one day. Like there, there were so many great like quips and like itty, like itty bitty comebacks that I was like, this is what I would want to say in a conversation like this. Like Jason has given me my script. (laughs) Yeah. Well, that's good. Uh, Uh, I think I have a very sarcastic sense of humor in general, and I try to put that into my writing. And uh, that sometimes hurts me on book talk because I feel like TikTok often does not understand. I feel like sarcasm is very hit or miss on TikTok. I feel like so often people think you're dead serious. Mm-hmm. Um, and that has been a challenge. But in my writing, it seems to work. So I'm, ke- I'm going to keep it there. But I have eased off the pedal on the other platforms that I'm on. Straight. So what made you decide to go the self-publishing route? Um, Well, initially, when I wrote my first couple of books, I actually got some funding from a publisher. So they kind of helped because they were, it was right when um, Kindle, like um, ADP, ADP, KDP and Amazon and like Amazon's whole self-publishing thing was starting and they were trying to encourage authors to be part of that. Um, So they actually kind of like, co-went in on it with me. And now I just do, with all my new books, I just do it completely on my own. Um, I like the control. I like that I can release it whenever I want. Um, I like that I have full creative control over. So that was something that I didn't love about when I was working, you know, with the thought that I was going to go into film is the thing about film is your vision just gets so watered down by the hundreds of hands that are in it. With a book, you have all the control. So even more so when you're self-publishing, because, you know, I pay my artists to create the cover and I tell them exactly what I want and I build the book and actually like, put the pages where I want them and build the fonts, you know, well, not build the fonts, but you know, like choose the font. I get to choose everything. And that's really rewarding to me as someone who's kind of a perfectionist with things like that, that I really get to have a say in every single piece of it. Um, and you know, it's, it's on Kindle and even it's on Kindle unlimited for free. And I, I love the fact that I can offer stories to people um, at a really accessible, reasonable way for them to get that. And that, that to me is really, really great. Um, yeah, it's just, it's just very great as a writer to be able, you know, I don't have to go through the whole agent querying thing. Like I can just write something and if when I'm happy with it, I can put it out into the world and it's, it's like, it's a lot of work, but it's also a lot less stress in certain aspects of, 
of it. I mean, we still stress when we're trying to get a book out by a date that we've set, but um, there's a lot of pieces that we get to take out and we just get to like really focus down on, on what the project is and how we want it to release. So. Um, I myself am about to apply to university to be a writer. So that was very interesting to hear. Um, I was going to do, um, a double major in screenplay writing and fiction writing, but now I'm, 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 I'm questioning it a little bit. Well, Um, I think, I mean, I think what screenwriting is great about is it really did tell me how to teach me how to tell a concise story. And it taught me how to really build a story from beginning to end as far as like a first act and a second act and a third act and a conclusion. And like, I learned all of that from going into screenwriting. It's just Mm -hmm. that, like I said, so many people, there's so many hands in the pot when it comes to film, especially nowadays, because more and more films are being produced by big, 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 big companies. And the amount of like indie projects is slimming more and more and more Mm -hmm. by the day. Um, and so that was kind of a, another element that that went into for me. So, yeah. What would you say are like the downsides of self-publishing, if there are any? Oh, um, well, like I said, it is a ton of work because you're doing every you're doing every aspect of it um, from beginning to end. It's all on you. Um, there is, I mean, this is kind of dependent on you, but there is a little bit more of cost on your end. So. Um, you know, I, like I said, I do pay an, an artist to create the cover and um, things like that. Um, I also, when I go to a convention, I because I publish now through Amazon, so I have to purchase copies to then sell. I obviously get them at a much reduced rate, right? So if I'm selling a book at a convention for, or selling a book myself at, a, at somewhere for like $15, I'm probably paying five or $6 per copy to get to then take. And obviously you try to make that money back but it is a little bit, there's a little bit more of investment. When you are publishing through a publisher, you're really not paying for anything. You're, they're giving you money, you're sending the book to them, and then they're doing everything else. Um, when you're self-publishing, there is a little bit more of investment on on your end. Like you're kind of the one, you don't really have to front, like to, to self-publish on, on Amazon, for example, you don't have to pay Amazon anything to do that. Um, but if you want to have a good finished product, you know, you get what you pay for. So uh, you could make a really not inexpensive or free cover for your book, but your book will look like it has an inexpensive or free cover like that. It, Mm. you know, you really do get what you pay for. So uh, I think with self-publishing, that is, that is one thing is that there is a little bit more, you have to be a little bit more willing to invest, but the good news is you're investing in yourself. And if there's anybody um, I want to invest in, (laughs) it is myself, you know, um, (laughs) that is like the most like self-love thing I think I've said to myself today. So that's great. Um, (laughs) That's it. Improvement growth. Um, But yeah, so that's kind of a big piece of it. And, and also I think this goes without saying, but when you self-publish deadlines, um, when you release all that is also on you. Mm -hmm. So you sort of do have to be someone who is, you know, willing to work for yourself and willing to hold yourself accountable. And that can be very challenging um, mm-hmm. at times. So that's another challenge of it is that you you really, because there you don't have a boss or an agent or a publisher hounding you, you have mm-hmm. to be all of those things to yourself. Mm-hmm. Um, but again, that can be, that can either be very difficult or highly rewarding depending on who you are and what you want to get out of it and all of that stuff, so. Wait, are you are you using your BookTok dad mug? <laughs> 
I have so many of them. So many people have sent me book talk dad mugs that I, I mean, I have like three sitting right here. I, yeah, I literally have three sitting right here. I, I, yeah. So, yeah. So for anybody who doesn't know, a while back, um, Sarah Rash, who is an author and just lovely, she, somebody asked her if she would be the mom of book talk. And she said, well, only if Jason will be the dad of book talk, at which point a bunch of people sent us book talk, dad, book talk, mom, like she got wine glasses. I got a mug, like. You know, the people that take care of us. <laughs> yeah, I love that. Uh, it was really funny because within like a week, I got all, I got three separate Book Talk mug, dad mugs. And so I was just like, oh my God, what is happening? <laughs> so funny. It, I mean, it's amazing. I absolutely love it. Uh, it was just like crazy when that started happening that people were sending those to us. We were like, oh my gosh, this is real. <laughs> Your comment session like, hello, dad. Uh... Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it, that's always a little weird, but I always try to like, I'm always like, okay, just, that's, you know what they mean. Don't, look, don't overthink it. Look past it. Look past it. So, I mean, yeah. So, I mean, I just, just try to do the most. I'm the dad of book talk. I'm the mom of Sarah J. Mass. You know, I really try to keep it, keep it fresh. I've also just recent, I mean, you guys know, I've recently started reading live um, the Lord of the Rings series. Um, and I am kind of feel like I'm becoming obsessed with it a little bit. Like I want to read everything Tolkien's ever written. Like I'm now very involved in that. So I feel like that's also something that I'm going to really work on doing this year. And luckily because I'm reading those live, I have no excuse. I I'm, I'm reading those books every Sunday and Wednesday. So I will get through them eventually. The Lord of the Rings series because we've had them on my bookshelf in my house since I was five years old. Like that is not even a joke. And I haven't, I haven't oh, read wow. them. My dad read me The <laughs> Hobbit when I was younger. I didn't remember it. So when you were like, I'm doing this, I was like, oh my gosh, yes. Okay, read along. Got it. Now I have a reason to read this. Yeah, and it's been really fun. Like, it's just been so fun. And we do, what, so what we do is, um, my husband and I, so every night I'll read, we did this with The Hobbit, now we're doing it with The Lord of the Rings, is I'll read a chapter or two. And then at, right afterwards, we sit down and we wa we're watching the extended edition of the movies, but we only watch as far as what I read. So... <laughs> You know, like, for example, last night I read a chapter where we got a whole big backstory. So we watched 10 minutes of the movie um, because that big story was not in the movie. Um, but with The Hobbit, it was really funny because, you know, it's three movies for that short little book. So I could I'd read for an hour and we'd end up watching a whole three hour movie. And we were like, what? I, I don't. What happened? How did, this, how did that happen? How is the movie longer than the book? That doesn't make any sense. In class during uh, during The Hobbit. So I was listening to the audiobook. Oh, yeah. I'm now doing them. So I've started doing them on Instagram and TikTok. Um, and I Instagram is great because I can save them. So I had a lot of people with The Hobbit who were like, you know, we want you, we want to be able to watch it later. So now I'm able to save it on Instagram, which is which is great. I mean, and they're not they definitely don't replace the audiobook because I take frequent breaks to yell at my cats and drink water. So if you've ever been listening to The Lord of the Rings on audiobook or reading it and thought, you know what this is missing is <laughs> screaming matches with cats as they try to eat the phone cord, then my lives might just be for you. So, well, speaking of books, should we talk about our current reads a little bit um, and just kind of share a little bit about and one specific book. <laughs> uh, I could go. I could go first if um, people want time to collect their thoughts. So, I just started the audiobook for *A Promised Land* by Barack Obama, um, which I wasn't sure if I was going to talk about this book today, but I, I think I, I think I can do it. Um, so over the summer, I listened to the audiobook of *Becoming* by Michelle Obama, and I was 
several years late to that train uh, because she released her book, I want to say three years ago, two or three years ago. Um, I know it was close to when I graduated from college and I had a really great time listening to that audiobook. She is basically chronicling her life. So you get a lot of her childhood, um, her teenage years, her meeting Barack, and then a lot of her time as um, potential first lady and as first lady. But the book pretty much ends right after the Obama administration. So I'm very interested to see, uh, because I am notorious for not looking into the books that I'm reading. I don't read plot summaries, uh, or even the little blurbs on books. So um, because uh, Barack Obama's book came out this year, I'm assuming that a significant chunk of the book is going to talk about his post-administration uh, thoughts and things. Um, which will be interesting to see because so far in the book, um, he very briefly talked about his childhood and him getting into politics. I'm now at the point where he's in the presidential election. And I was in eighth grade when Obama was uh, elected the first time in 2008. So I was very far removed from politics and what was going on. My parents um, just weren't really politics talkers. Um, they do vote and do do the thing. My mom is uh, an immigrant and a very proud U.S. citizen. Uh, so she is a big proponent of using the right to vote. Same with uh, my dad's mom, my grandma, who is also an immigrant and a U.S. citizen. Uh, but I don't really remember them talking about the race uh, or the um, you know, who got chosen for each party. So it's been really interesting to listen to him talk about it and how kind of early on in the race, he knew that he probably was going to be elected president. Um, and sort of all of the things that went into him getting elected president uh, and how different the world was back in 2008 and how social media was not playing a part in politics in 2008. Social media didn't even, it was like MySpace <laughs> um, at that point. Like he, he literally talked about how they did a little bit of campaigning Truly. on MySpace. Uh, and I was like, oh my gosh, this is absolutely wild. Um, so I am really interested to see uh, what he talks about. He also just has a fantastic voice um, and it was the the main thing I liked about Michelle's book was that she was telling you her story and listening to the audiobook really made it so enjoyable uh, because she also has a great voice to listen to. Um, and I think that's what's making it even more enjoyable for me. And I love, I never thought I would say this, I like listening to Barack Obama talk about politics because he is so smart. It is actually unbelievable how smart that man is. And he's one of those smart people that isn't really able to like nuance his thoughts. He's very much to the point. He talks about how in the debates, mm. in his first couple debates, he really like struggled. And he was like, these people aren't answering the questions. And his staff was like, that's not the point. Um, yeah, you have to like kind of answer the question, but the point is to let the voters know like where you stand so uh 
you just have to not answer the question sometimes. And he was like, what do you mean? And I was like, honestly, yeah, what do you mean? Um, so it's been really interesting <laughs> to hear him explain politics a little bit and his how he approached politics when he was working in politics. Um, because especially this year, I have found myself uh, really taking agency in how I interact with politics. Um, and it's just been a really enjoyable book so far. I am mm-hmm. <laughs> made the mistake of waiting a little too long to start the audiobook because I'm listening to it on Libby. So uh, I'm currently in the middle of it, but it is back <laughs> at the library because a lot of people want to read this book. So it will be back to me in a couple of days <laughs> and I'll be back on it soon. But I have time to sort of digest what he's saying and <laughs> honestly take a break because right now I don't really want <laughs> to listen to it. Uh, but yeah, that's that's what I'm currently reading. Mm. Yeah, that's very valid. That's awesome. I have a copy of it, but I um, I actually got to be part of the Penguin Random House like TikTok thing for that, um, which was really cool. So they literally were like, we're going to send this to you overnight so that you can be part of this. And I was like, okay. Um, <laughs> it was especially gratifying because my grandma is the exact opposite of me in politics and she watches all my TikToks. So I was like, yes, sold. Um, anything to rile grandma up. Um, but yeah, I really excited to read it. I just, it's sitting on my shelf and it's a long book, so it has not come up on my TBR yet. Um, I'm currently reading, uh, DNF from last year. I'm trying to finish it. Um, so I repicked it up. It's called Docile by K.M. Sapara. I believe that's how you say the author's last name. And I ended up DNFing it last year because some of the content of the book just was not vibing with where I was mentally. There's a lot of dark tones in the book, similar to why I had to DNF a a Ballad of Songbirds and Snakes. She just was not what I needed in the moment. I needed something a little bit, um, a little bit more brighter and happier. But the writing in this book is really excellent. It's just got, like, every trigger you could possibly think about is in this book. It's all about, like, capitalism and getting to the point where debt is passed down through generations and you have to, like, basically sell your life to people to pay off your family's debt. Mm -hmm. So it's, it's, that's a lot. It's heavy. The writing is really great. Uh, I, there was a, a couple parts in the book that were not mentioned in triggers that I read and I was like, I can't read this right now. Uh, But I'm glad I'm giving it a second chance because I think this is not a book I think you enjoy. It's a book you read and you have to think about. It's one of those like, let's reflect on things a little bit. So I'm almost done. I've got like 50 pages left. It's also just like the prettiest shade of pink. So it's a pretty pink color. Not that has anything to do with the book, but... Yeah, mm. I often will see it in people's backgrounds on Book Talk when they have rainbow shells because mm. it's it's a nice shade of pink. Um, but I, I'm excited to finish it and give my thoughts because there's been a lot of people in my comment sections when I talk about it wanting to talk about this book and talk about the things that kind of go on in the book. Um, I don't think I will post a review of this book because there's so much in it. I think that uh, would not... Tr- translate well to a 60 second format mm-hmm. but um yeah i'm interested to see how they end it because right now i have no idea how it's going to end did you actually say the title of the book 
Docile, yeah. Oh, you did? Oh, I missed that. And for the longest time, I was like, what book is she talking about? <laughs> Docile, yeah. <laughs> yeah. If, um, I don't know. Maybe I didn't say it. Uh, it is Docile, in case you <laughs> got to the very end of that. I may have just I missed it. it. <laughs> but That's yeah, you were talking the whole time, like, what is this? What is she going to show? What's the reveal? <laughs> Um, I am currently still making my way through Addie LaRue. I, to be complete, I feel like I sound like a broken record at this point. Um, I, reading has not been my priority right now, but we're getting back into it. Um, so I'm making my way through Addie LaRue, but I am also, um, picking up, picking back up The Way of Kings. Um, I'm read, or I'm reading it along with the audiobook because there are far too many words that I don't understand. Um, <laughs> and I'm, I'm hoping I can trudge my way through it. Um, I... The first Brandy Sandy book I read uh, was <laughs> Skyward, and I fell in love with the series. Um, very excited for the third book, but I wanted to read The Way of Kings because I love his writing. Um, and so it's not so much his writing that I'm struggling with. I think it's just the world building and trying to digest such a big world, especially since the series is going to be 10 books long and all of the books are tomes. Um, but yeah, I'm very excited to get through it. So... I definitely highly recommend Mistborn, the Mistborn trilogy by Brandon Sanderson. It is, you know, it's like got the high fantasy of Way of Kings, but it is much more digestible because Way of Kings is a beast. Um, (laughs) I flew through those first 20 pages. Oh my God, love. Yeah, I love the Mistborn trilogy. They're so, especially the first book that when, you know, this thing happened this last year where I tried to read a bunch of the Book Talk books and I remember reading Six of Crows, which everybody loves Six of Crows, and getting to the end of it and being like, oh, this is like a not as good version of Mistborn. Okay, got it. Like, um... I know everybody loves it, and I'm, okay. I would I would never say that it's I would never say that it's overhyped or anything like that because clearly people adore that book. Mm-hmm. Um, it just wasn't as much for me, which is totally yeah. it's totally fine, you know. Um, but I remember that that was a big reason was because the whole way through there were there were a lot of aspects of it that remind me of Mistborn, oh. and I think maybe because I read Mistborn first because hmm. it kind of has that like heist idea oh, to okay. it a little bit but it's a different heist it's like a heist to like save the world whereas oh. and like bring down the government which is what Mistborn is about is like this Hell heist to yeah. bring down the government whereas um you know six of crows is like a heist to figure out like where kaz is like where's kaz we can't find him i don't know yeah. um <laughs> it's a heist to get rich which is a right to get rich yeah but like oh my gosh i could talk about six of crows forever um <laughs> <laughs> I but have yeah you read I Crooked Kingdom so I haven't and everybody ha- and, and I have it I own it and I have it on audio audiobook because there was like a free audiobook at one point for it and I downloaded that so I I will read that this year as well for sure because I've heard people say that you should really read them together and then it makes a lot more sense when I got to the end of Six of Crows I was like eh, but I will read Crooked Kingdom especially before the new um, Shadow and Bone um, series comes out so. Crooked Kingdom, I think, is the better of the two books. Yeah, that's what everybody's told me is like you just need to read Crooked Kingdom and then you'll and then you'll calm down. Um, so <laughs> I am reading. I'm read well I, up until right before this this podcast, I was reading three books. Now I'm reading two. I am a habitual multiple book reader, um, and my husband laughs at me because I literally have the books in a stack, and I will read a chapter, put it down, grab the next book, read a chapter, put it down, grab the next book, read a chapter, and then I go back through again. Um, that's like how I read. It's kind of psychotic. And (laughs) I just finished the last night at the Telegraph Club, which is coming out on January 19th. It is by Melinda Lowe. And it is a young adult historical fiction set in the 1950s 
about a like I think she's 17 year old Chinese American girl who her whole family is Chinese, but she was born and raised in America. And she it's sort of about her discovering that she is a lesbian during the 1950s, kind of around the time when the McCarthy stuff was happening, as well as all the stuff with like, um, you know, gay and queer people being allowed to like even congregate for the first time, but also these like raids that were happening on, um, you know, like gay nightclubs and things like that. And then like using communism as a way to still persecute them, even though they were legally allowed to be in those spaces. Um, it was really good. Uh, I will review it. I'll do a review for it like the day it actually comes out, but it was really wonderful. Um, I thought I was going to be late to this podcast because I was finishing it. Um, <laughs> and then I'm also reading Lore by Alexander Bracken. I've been talking a lot this week about how I'm like kind of tired of books that are about competitions. I feel like this YA book trope of contests, I'm just, yeah. I feel like I read so many of them this last year that I'm just like over it. And this book is kind of like that. But we'll see. So far, I'm enjoying the writing. I'm enjoying the characters. I like some Greek mythology. I'm very early on in it. Um, so I'm hopeful that I'll enjoy it. And I'm also reading um, Light of the Jedi, which is the first book in the new High Republic, Star Wars The High Republic series. So they've just launched this new thing in the Star Wars book world where they're going to be releasing books that they'll be releasing books that are adult books they'll be releasing a series that's young adult they're releasing a series for middle grade and a series for kids and a comic book series and it's all like shared universe kind of like the marvel movies so they all deal with like a lot of the same characters the same time period in the star wars universe um and they just that just launched this week so i'm reading that as well that sounds so cool i hadn't heard that exciting and i'm listening i'm also listening to that on audiobook which is fun because the star wars i didn't realize this but the star wars audiobooks they actually like make into a whole production so they have like when there's a lightsaber there's like lightsaber sounds when there's a space battle there's like they have like the star wars music it's really fun (laughs) it's like listening to a star wars play like an audio play so it's very enjoyable yeah. Like full-on radio play. That's so exciting. Yeah, they don't have multiple actors um, like some audiobooks do, but it, but like the one actor that's doing it is doing pretty good with like voices, but then they have sound effects and um, it's like very consistent. So it's very easy to get like wrapped up in the world. Like some audiobooks will do like a little music here and there, but it's like if you're on a ship, you can hear the background noise of the ship, that entire chapter and things like that. So they do, they do, it's, it's very fun. It's very immersive. That is so cool. Yeah. That is so exciting. Oh, oh and I'm reading oh. The Fellowship of the Ring, but I'm only doing that on live stream. So I'm also reading that. So, Speaking of books we're reading, you have a book club, sir. Oh, yeah. Um, so I just this month launched Easy Cat's book club. Um, I've wanted to do a book club forever. Um, I mean, I think, you know, you look at like, like Oprah's book club. And if you're like a big, big, like book nerd, you're like, I want to do that. I want to, I want to be the Oprah that makes the book club. Um, (laughs) I mean, there are other reasons to be Oprah, but that's the one that sticks out of my head is like, I want a book club. Um, And a lot of people were asking if I was ever going to make one. So I decided that January, 2021 was like a great place to start. So um, it's totally like very chill. You, you can join on Goodreads. It's just easy cats book club on Goodreads. Um, you just join and you read the book of the month and you discuss it and it's lovely and everybody's been really wonderful and the book we picked for January is called uh, The Other Side of the Sky which is by Amy Kaufman and Megan Spooner and it's just a really fun adventure um, fantasy story a young adult fantasy story but I really hope that as the year progresses that 
There will be contemporary books on there. I really hope that the list of authors is super diverse. Um, and, you know, I really want it to be a place where I, it's almost like a seal of approval. Like this is a book that people aren't talking about that I think you should read. So like, for example, Crescent City 2 will not be a pick for that because people are already excited about that. People are already going to yes. read it, right? Like I mm -hmm. hope to bring books that are really, really fantastic, but maybe you've never heard of or you never got around to reading because there was all these other really hyped books coming out at the time that it was coming out. So yeah, that just started and it's been a lot of fun so far. I'm trying to think of what emoji people should leave on our Instagram post that's going up the day this episode goes up so that we know that they made a mouse, a mouse? emoji, obviously. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, oh yes. Yes, yes, yes. Because of Easy Cat's Book Club. Little mouse. It took me too long. I was like, what? The logo. <laughs> I had a sticker somewhere, but I lost it. I have a little crochet version of him. Oh. My mom. My mom made this for me. I know, right? It's his crocheted mouse, and it is very cute. Right? <laughs> Just imagine what a mouse crocheted wearing a scarf would look like, and it's yes. like that. Yeah, it's very cute. It's very cute. <laughs> uh, so where yes. can everybody yeah. find you? Um, usually hiding under bridges. Oh, on the internet. Um, <laughs> so I am really easy to find. Um, you can search at EasyCat, E-Z-E-E-K-A-T. I'm on YouTube. I'm on Instagram. I'm on TikTok. I think that's everywhere. Um, and I have links to everything on all of those things. So, um, yeah, an Easy Cats book club, you can find that on Goodreads. Or if you find me on one of my other social platforms, you can just check the link in my bio and there's a link going right to it. So, And thank you, everybody, for listening to our episode. We put out episodes every Wednesday and hope to have more guests in the future. So you could let us know what guests you would like to listen to, see, come to the podcast. Um and we are available on all podcast platforms, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Anchor, everywhere. We're everywhere. You can find us. And uh, you can also follow us on our Instagram at Books on the Brain Pod. <laughs> and you can find us on our individual platforms. I am at Deirdre Rose Morgan on Instagram and TikTok. I'm at d.j.books on Instagram and TikTok. Thank and I am Carly Rakashi on Instagram and Library of Carly on TikTok. Thank you so much for listening. We will talk to you next week. Bye. 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 Bye.